You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I am Scout. And I am Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Okay, sis. Welcome to Okay, sis. We are currently delirious. It's nine o'clock, nine fifteen at night. It is so late. This, this is we're like grandmas. We go to bed so early. I know. This is like pushing it, pushing the limit here. Really pushing it. Um, but we just had an amazing interview with Carson. You guys are gonna absolutely <gasps> love. Her. Oh, she's like a glowing goddess, little like like an angelic doll. Yes, she is. You know She's what I incredible. mean? Oh, God. You guys are going to love the interview. Okay, but before we get into it, we wanted to introduce a segment we're going to be doing every week, which is Word of the Week. Yeah, Scout and I want to expand our vocabulary in hopes of, you know, being more eloquent. In this podcasting journey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're always learning. We're always bettering ourselves. And it starts with vocabulary and so being able to express like ourselves in adequate ways. Yes. Okay. So the word of this week is sororal, which means of or like a sister or sisters. So you've heard this word in our intro. You probably were like, what the fuck does that mean? Um, and now you know. So think like sorority sorority <laughs> i'm trying to think of other words that have sir like the prefix yeah, of sororal yeah, yeah. but i think that's the only <laughs> iteration that's been popular in in our culture but um yeah so sororal so it's a it's an adjective right it's an adjective so we act sororally no that doesn't work that might actually work i'm not sure wait wait but like our, we are sororal uh, w- our banter is sororal yes. we have sororal banter yes Yes, that's perfect. Oh, what a beautiful word. You know, it's really hard to say, but when you get the hang of it, it's kind of it cool. feels I'm great. I'm surprised that it hasn't been used more. Where did you stumble upon this word? Um, it was actually I was posting a picture for your birthday about like four years ago, like very long time ago. Um, I was posting a per- picture for your birthday on Instagram, and I wanted to be pretentious and annoying and i was like looking up the, the, synonyms. The synonyms for like sister and i saw sororal and i was like i, I was like happy birthday to my sororal person or so i don't even know what it was it was really and now four terrible. years later it's back in action. it's back in action still as pretentious as, as ever but it's okay, okay. So let's talk about being sisters yes what's um, your favorite part about me so you are probably the most loyal person I know. You're so, you know, you're there for every single person in your life, night like 
any time of the day, any time of night, any situation, any like state of mind. I feel like I could call you like crying or call you with like such happy news. And it's just like you're really good at at um, providing advice and like the exact words that I need to hear in that moment. I think you have a really good knack for that. And you're also good at just like leveling it with me, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, like you're you're yeah you're super loyal you're also just like such a grounding calming force i am the entire opposite <laughs> so if you guys haven't noticed yeah by now. so it's nice to have that yin and yang i feel like as as we were growing up as well i felt like that was always the dynamic between us yeah for sure for sure yeah. Um, thanks, Mads. That was so sweet. You're welcome. I loved it. Um, my favorite thing about you is you have this contagious energy. Um, you never take yourself too seriously. You don't take life too seriously. And you kind of always remind me to kind of just take a deep breath and not be so serious or in my head. Mm-hmm. You kind of remind me to enjoy the moment, to kick back and laugh. And when you walk in a room, like your presence is so known, <laughs> partly because you're really loud, but yeah. also partly because you have this infectious energy that is like so it, pe- people are drawn to you. Um, you have a positivity about you that's really hard to come by. Thanks, Scout. Yes, that's us as sisters. That's us. Do you have like any funny story of you and I growing up? Um, I remember I beat you up. Yeah, you did that a few <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> we would have like wrestling matches, and you literally would win every yeah, time. Yeah, because I'm very strong. I'm not. Um, what are the things growing up? Um. I mean, I just, again, I, I said this before, like, I just feel like we were always in the pool. We were always in the we pool. We were always in the pool. We were always on a boat. We were also we were twinning water. a lot when we were little. What? Twinning. Heather would, our mother would put us in matching outfits a lot. Oh, yeah. All the limited two, all the gap. No, never limited two. Oh, sorry. Only gap. Oh, sorry. I just, oh, I, I, beca- I was a limited two girl for a while. For a hot second, I yeah. judged you so hard. I know when you, you were, were limited so, too. You were so mean to me. I know. It's so weird because like you were never mean to me. Like you were obsessed with me. You loved me so much. But then there was this one year you where wore. you literally told me I looked so ugly in in limited too. It's because you wore head to toe pink, and I literally wanted to puke everywhere. Yeah, and then I had my juicy tracksuit that I wore every day. That I begged mom to buy me for years, but she wouldn't. And she and wouldn't. Then she just bought you one like off the fly. Yeah, because I was the favorite child. You were the baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I didn't take that off. That's for sure. <laughs> I wore it every day. <laughs> I definitely got the money's worth. Yeah, that's true. I mean, juicy sweatpants are the comfiest sweatpants. Yeah. You can get them at Nordstrom's Rack for super cheap. Are you talking if about, are you talking about today? Are you talking about now? Yeah, I'm talking about right now. Oh. Okay. Except they always have the lettering on them and I just want the plain gray ones or oh, black ones. I don't think they don't, I don't think they make that. Why would they make that? That's the whole point is, is the logo. I mean, not anymore. I know all the Juicy Couture sweatpants I have are just regular plain. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I never oh. got the ones with the text on them. Oh. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> we're the yin and yang sisters. Um, Does anyone out there know the band <laughs> No Secrets? Cross so, my heart and hope to die. I swear these lips will never tell another lie. If you could love me like I did before, I, I promise. promise. If you just come back to me, I swear no secrets will I keep. No secrets will never tell No secrets will I keep. Oh my god! Oh my she god! She still memorizes that song. I I don't know. It just like came out of me. I don't know how I still we remember. We put it these. on. We put it on our way to Malibu today. We put it um, on in the car, and it was like no time had passed. Literally, we used to s- listen to No Secrets on repeat. repeat. I, if you guys don't know, I don't. I really don't think they were a big band. Or, oh, or are, are they a band? I have no idea what they are. Yeah, but they're a, girl band. they're a girl group. But like, were they popular? Like, I don't even. I thought they were just in Limited Two. I, now we're going back to Limited no, Two. I don't know why. The Limited <laughs> Two episode. No, but um. No, we went to St. Thomas, I remember, mm-hmm. and we would just jam out to No Secrets. All, that's all. When I think of No Secrets, I think of St. Thomas really? and when, when we were I there. Think of Volare, I think of St. Thomas. You mean the one from Lizzie McGuire movie? Yes, the one from yeah, McGuire not the movie. not the Gypsy Kings. This is like a throwback intro. Well, right yeah, now. we're talking about growing up being sisters. That's this true. is the things we did. Yeah, we li- we listened, listened to, to Volare, Volare and No Secrets and St. Thomas and ran away from all the iguanas. 
Okay, I don't want to bring up the iguanas. Okay, sorry. It's a sensitive subject. Yeah. Okay, we'll just touch on them really quick. Uh, so our mother um, plagued us with this treacherous <laughs> and irrational fear of lizards. And iguanas. Well, iguanas are lizards. It's true. But they're like jumbo. They're lizards. like jumbo. We, I, I, if I see a lizard, I will have a full-blown full-blown panic attack and people think i'm being again irrational or like over dramatic but it's actually like i get i i can't even think about it without wanting to like cry yeah it's insane All you're but you're I've, I've been getting a lot you're better getting better it. because you're obsessed with jurassic park and yeah. jurassic park dinosaurs are essentially lizards yeah those are jumbo it's lizards like really weird that i'm obsessed with jurassic park but afraid of lizards they literally look the raptors are are what a lizard looks like yeah I cannot believe we're obsessed. Like you're, you're obsessed with Jurassic I know, Park. It, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. All right. Well, anyways, um, should we get to the interview? Remember, remember when no. our dad would eat artichokes? I just. Oh my god! I was just. Oh in my god! His I house don't know why I just thought that. The artichokes, and I ate them like we used to eat them when he we were u- kids. He used to literally sit on the couch. I remember we had this amazing couch. Now we have a shit. No, we have a nice couch, but it's like it's not it's, comfy. It's, yeah, it's not. It's not like a sitting couch. You don't like sink into it's it. A you know, a good couch. couch. Exactly. So. We, um, he used to sit on this one corner of the couch, like snuggled into the corner and have a head of art. Is that what it's called? Yeah. A head? Yeah. A head of artichoke and then like peel off the, the, the. We would eat them raw. The layers and just like eat the bottom part, yeah. the white part. Yeah. We would eat them raw. Oh my God. I need to start doing that again. They're so good. I, I totally. Dad just made me artichoke salad and he, he let me eat the. I know, but but that no, but like that was what we used to do. We used to yeah. eat the white part. Yeah, those were good times. Oh, growing up. Okay, okay. let's get to the interview, guys. You're gonna <laughs> like right. this. You're one. gonna love this. And go, sisters. My goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. 
Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Introducing Carson Meyer, an actress, entrepreneur, and certified birth doula from Malibu, California. She attended NYU where she pursued studies in child development, art therapy, and alternate alternative medicine. Since graduating, she has become an actress starring in movies such as Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colors, uh, SPF 18, just to name a few. Additionally, due to her interest in environmental health and clean cosmetics, Carson recently launched an all-natural and sustainable skincare line called Sea and the Moon. Carson is also a certified doula, dedicating her time to supporting parents through a healthy and peaceful pregnancy, birth, and postpartum period. So without further ado, my dear friend, Carson Meyer. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to OK Sis. How are you? you. I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. My first podcast experience. We are privileged to have (laughs) you as our our first podcast goer. Very excited. So Carson and I met at NYU. I actually went there freshman year. I dipped out pretty early. (laughs) But Carson and I became really fast friends, and we've just stayed close friends ever since. I'm obsessed with her. So I think I'm obsessed with her now, too. I know. I I was telling Scout on the way here. I'm like, you guys are going to vibe so great. Like, you guys are both, like, spiritual and just, like, a little, like, calmer. I'm I'm just, like, the loud psycho. We're going to get along. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to get along. (laughs) Okay, cool. So let's start off going around with our current fixations. Um, I guess I'll start and then we'll go go around. Um, so my current fixation is Esther Pavitsky. I don't know if you guys know her. She's a comedian. Mm -hmm. She created this TV show called Alone Together with her best friend, Benji Aflalo. And, uh, she writes on it. She stars in it. And it's about this like codependent relationship with her best guy friend. It's very silly. It's like all comedians, Chris is in it. Um, and it's amazing. But other than that, she hosts my favorite, favorite, favorite podcast, other than OK Sis, of course. But my other favorite podcast, which is Glowing Up, which is a skincare and makeup podcast. But it has this like silly spin to it because it's co-hosted by two comedians, her and Caroline Goldfarb. And um, I just I'm obsessed with this. I've never like binged a podcast before. Have you guys ever binged a podcast? Yeah, I've you have. A podcast. Yeah. I didn't think that that was possible because it's just so long. So like there was a two week period where I started from the very beginning and just binged all the way through. It was it was a little embarrassing. But anyways, I love her podcast. She's she kind of got me more into skincare than I thought I could ever be. Um, also, she is dating. Dave King, who is the creator of Love on Netflix, he also is in a really good podcast called The Great Debates, and I'm just, like, obsessed with their relationship. So, Esther Pavitsky, you guys should check her out. Awesome comedian. You just plugged so many podcasts. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just such a podcast girl. Okay, so my current fixation is a little bit more obscure. It started with the fact that I've been listening to uh, Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones on repeat lately. It's one of my favorite songs in the entire world. Um, the song is told through the devil's perspective of how he got here. Um, and so interesting side note about me, I love a good devil devil motif. So, for example, I'm super into Paradise Lost by John Milton, which starts with the devil landing in hell and how he democratizes hell. And I'm really into um, Faustian themes, which is when you sell your soul to the devil to become like an amazing artist. So um, Dr. Faustus by Thomas Mann is he sells his soul to become the best pianist in the world. 
um i told you super obscure super <laughs> random <laughs> i don't even know how to comment on that i know i know it's super weird but it's it's like a literature motif and music motif that i'm really really into i don't know why i think it's because i took brit literature in college um so yeah that song sympathy for the devil is on repeat right now which i just love the rolling stones in general i mean you like literally can't get better than Mick jagger um okay <laughs> you always make fun of my current fixations every <laughs> single sorry, time i'm sorry Okay, that's what I'm going. currently fixating on okay, right okay, now. I know, okay. Judgment over here. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I love the Rolling Stones. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Your turn, Carson. Um, okay. So my current fixation is the Little Market. Um, it is a nonprofit that my friend started, a new friend of mine, but I was just couldn't believe I had never shopped a Little Market before. Um, her, Hannah Scavarla and Lauren Conrad actually started it online like five years ago and it's a website where you can buy like I just got a basket bag there that I'm obsessed with really cute gifts for babies so as a doula I'm always lots of babies in my life that I like to gift um just you name it like candles gorgeous custom candles great stuff but the best part about it is all the money is going towards women artisans around the world um so what they do is they supply these women with jobs um, giving them freedom, a lot of power and um, independence, the ability to make their own money in a lot of places in the world where um, women can't leave their children. So they can't, you know, go to a workplace so they get to work from home and use their skills and, um, yeah, these, these skills that have been passed on to them through generations, whether it's weaving, um, you name it. And then we, as, you know, American consumers who are, always buying things anyways it just makes me feel really good to know that um my money is going to a good place and that the products i'm buying are made with love so i've heard of this i was on lauren conrad's instagram a long time ago and i saw that she was tagged in so i looked into it and it looks amazing it is amazing and they're actually opening up a store in the palisades um next to my sister jen meyer's store which i'm equally excited for um so i'm between those two stores i'm just gonna be like going back and forth all day long but they have great stuff and i just i love the ethos behind it definitely and i just think it's a model that we should all be moving towards i love that me too that's amazing me too um carson do you still knit i well (laughs) she she used to knit i do in (laughs) college that's i wanted to be like carson so bad i i taught myself how to knit you were too funny. We, yeah, it lasted a day. We did knit a boob where we knit would knit boob. cashmere breasts for women with breast cancer. Oh. Um, for some women who couldn't afford to get reconstructive surgery or um, couldn't get reconstructive surgery where you could put it in your in your bra. And it was just like a lot cozier than the synthetic kind of breasts that they would give you. Yeah. Also as a talking point for women to like reintroduce the breast to their children or their partners something that had been associated with such trauma and yeah sickness and it's beautiful so it was an amazing organization but i i love to knit and i knit a lot of other things not just boobs (laughs) 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 but i haven't i've been so busy and haven't really been knitting but i recently cleaned out my childhood bedroom and found a lifetime supply of yarn my mom was like this is sick you need to get a grip like there is so much yarn in your room she was make, trying to make me throw it out. I'm like, no. You're like, no. I remember never. we came we came <laughs> back from like winter break and you had just uh, you, your entire dorm was yeah, was yarn. And I was like, That's how did my you bring this year? Is yarn. <laughs> Wait, we need to get knitted sweaters that say OK Sis on them. Can yeah. you make that, Maddie? No. <laughs> no. OK. The sweater There's, thing is hard. That's um, so hard. I couldn't even do a scarf. But that's just like a one line. <laughs> Oh god, I, I just did it more so because it's it's a it's actually a really nice thing to do while you're watching TV instead of just like on yeah, your I, phone. I can see that. It's because you like these days we just want to like be on our phones or something with our hands, yeah. whereas you could just watch the TV and knit and you don't have to like be on your phone. It's actually really it relaxing. Was actually, something and my grandma was a big knitter, so I, I learned a little through her, and then kind of through high school we had like knitting clubs. I did it a lot, but and then you know I, I would drop it here and there. But my first year at NYU when we met. Um, Moving to a big city, being going from like a little public school in Malibu to like all of a sudden this like very rigorous, huge private school um, in New York, I had so much anxiety. 
I always had anxiety, but for the first time it was like overwhelming. Um, and I couldn't focus. I just, you know, call it like the shift mm-hmm. from high school to college was really hard on me. Um, and I found myself gravitating towards my knitting needles mm-hmm. and I would bring them to class and it was the only way I could focus through class. That's oh, you amazing. would knit during class? Yes. And oh so I would God. knit through the lectures because college is so, just so different. Like I didn't know what to do with myself in these classes and um, I didn't have that intimacy that I felt in high school. And so I, I just would knit and that would just kind of like keep me keep my heart rate down and keep me focused and keep me in class to be honest and then um one day I got this email from a teacher I'll never forget and the subject line was knitting and I was like fuck he's gonna tell me see I cussed on the podcast I told you it <laughs> we knew it was gonna happen. <laughs> um, I was like he's gonna uh take away like he's gonna tell me like it's disrespectful or I can't do it and he said I love watching you knit in class I'm so impressed I'm a knitter myself <laughs> That is my so dad. cute. My heart is so heart. sweet. But anyway, that was kind of like a big thing that got me into studying art therapy and looking into alternative forms of, of like mental health practices. And to me, that it was very therapeutic and it kind of opened my eyes to ways that we can kind of better heal ourselves. And So knitting for anxiety. I, yeah. I've never heard that. I think that's so awesome. I love hearing new anxiety tics and tips and tricks just because I also suffer from anxiety. So when something, especially when it comes to art, I think art yeah. therapy is so rad. And I love that you use knitting to calm your nerves in class. That's really awesome. And it's something you can do socially. I mean, sometimes. Yeah. But <laughs> at a party. Yeah, it's one of those, I think, for me, a technique that you can do you know, while you're in class or, you know, take a little break at the computer or like going to a cafe, like it's something that travels on the airplane. We should get into knitting. Well, I was into it and then I forget now how to do it. They have a knitting store at the last bookstore downtown. Yes. On the top level, there's a little knitting store. And there's Wool in the Gang, which you guys should look up. I've heard of them. Very cool. They have amazing stuff that you can buy already, like pre-knit or kits. So if you're learning, it comes with a pattern, the right size needle, and really beautiful yarn. Cool. We got to get on that. So how did you start getting into alternative methods of healing? Um, Well, I think the knitting was a big part of it. Um, I grew up with a mom who was really open to kind of showing me other ways of of managing my anxiety and and my health, whether it be nutrition and um, just different modalities of of alternative medicine um but yeah I think really it was my first acting class along with the knitting which was also my freshman year in college um I came back here and took my first acting class and was just in awe of how acting was kind of this vessel much like knitting but for people to explore their inner selves um communicate with others express themselves um I just thought it was beautiful and I saw the deep healing that was happening in these classes and it was so much more than a performance. I mean, it was just, it was true self kind of work on, on the self and, and I just was, it opened my eyes to a whole new perspective and that's what led me to start taking classes at NYU. So I think that transitions kind of into our first question. Like, tell us about your childhood kind of you, I mean you mentioned how it led you to acting but you have such a unique background like how did that weren't you like scared of acting or like was that a world that you really wanted to join yeah I didn't think I wanted to join it for a really long time until I was in college um, I grew up in LA with um, you know in a family a Hollywood family um, and I as much as I was surrounded by actors and my family, my friends, you know, all everyone around me was in the industry. Um, I really didn't know what it was and what it meant. I think I was also really exposed to the business side and not really the creative side. Um, I'm really glad that I didn't become interested in acting before I was in college. I think, well, I know it can be a very difficult, um, challenging journey that takes a lot of kind of strength and, uh, confidence and kind of like this ability to navigate the tides um and I don't think I would have had those tools had I been any younger um but yeah I I did not think I didn't know what it was which is funny because I was like right right here in LA 
Um, I had no idea like it was such an amazing craft and so much more than than this business side that I was exposed to. So yeah, I was scared at first, and I think everyone around me was like, "Oh no, <laughs> don't do it." <laughs> but yeah, I just it was really cool to see like the people that would came out and and supported that passion and mentored me through it. So what's been your favorite acting project so far? That's a hard question. They've all been so special. I've or something memorable. I mean, I prefer doing films because of this anxiety that we speak of. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've gone to Williamstown. I'd spent 12 weeks in the Berkshires doing theater there, which was my first experience doing theater. Um, I loved it so much. That was really special, and I learned a lot. Um, I did a play last year, which was probably the most difficult <laughs> thing I've ever done, but it was um, so rewarding. Um, and then SPF 18 was really fun because we shot here in Malibu. We'll talk and about that later. Yeah, and I know you have <laughs> a, a special shadow. crush. Um, Poor shadow. But also Code of Many Colors, like Dolly Parton. Obs- You're obsessed, obsessed with Dolly Parton. Obsessed. I always have been. So to be to play her older sister in in her biopic was obviously a huge dream. Um, yeah, it's been amazing. I worked with Sam Taylor Johnson and Aaron Taylor Johnson on a million little pieces recently, which is coming out soon. Um, also been a dream of mine because I'm such a fan of both of their work. So that was really cool. Awesome. They're making a movie out of that book? They are. Wow. That took him a while. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. You think that there would have been one earlier, but I think with all the controversy, it yeah. kind of fell apart, and Sam jumped on it, and she's a fantastic director. It's also working with a female director is like... Was that your first time? It was. Yeah, play directors, I'd worked with females okay. um, in theater, but in, yeah, in kind of the, the movie TV world, it was, and... I mean, also working with Sam and Aaron, who are married, mm. watching them together from actor and director and that relationship and the collaboration. It was really, really beautiful. Amazing. That's awesome. Um, okay, we're going to shift to doula Yay. doula <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so when I, I remember when we were both living near Larchmont, uh, Carson and I took a flywheel class and we went to coffee after and you were like, Oh yeah, I'm a doula, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "What? One is it? What? One? What is a doula? Two? Like where? Like what is happening? Where did this come from?" I find it so fascinating. So tell us everything. Okay, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Start with what is a doula, okay. because I don't think people really understand. Yeah, no, it's a it's a common question and also misconception i think um a doula is someone who helps a woman a birth doula there's two different types of doulas birth postpartum um but birth doulas which is what the work i do is helping women through pregnancy labor childbirth um advocates for women um in those situations and positions and just as a a source of support whether it's holding space educating through childbirth education being a, a resource for questions connecting parents to um, other kind of professionals in the field who can answer those questions. Uh, the, w- the word birth doula actually means slave to a woman. Um, it's a Greek word. And I always think that's like an interesting place to start when describing what a doula is because a doula wears many hats. Um, but essentially in that time, I am a slave to my client in a beautiful way. You know, and I know that word obviously is it's not a, a does not have a positive connotation, but um, I'm at service to a woman in this like amazing time when she's bringing life into the world, and I find it to be the st- the time when a woman uh, presents her greatest strengths and is at her strongest, um, and I am kind of just there as a a support person, um, whether it's. And this is a a common misconception that doulas are only, like, out in the woods when you're birthing, like, (laughs) you know, in nature or at home. But I find that I'm actually the most valuable when I'm in a hospital. Um, Some of my clients get epidurals. Some of my clients get C-sections. So I support women through all types of births. Um, 
a, a big part of what I do is help educate women on their choices and the, the possible interventions that can come up in labor mm -hmm. and how you can make informed decisions about your rights as a, a woman and to your body. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of the gist of it. And so doulas, yeah, they support all types of births at all places, you know, with or without epidurals. Um, I also, there's, I want to bring up something because I think this is interesting a lot of people don't know about, but I also became a full spectrum doula, mm -hmm. which is a doula that supports women through the full spectrum of pregnancy, and that can include loss. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, an important kind of light that we don't always shine. So that can mean abortion, miscarriage. Wow. So, so how did you get into all of this? What kind of piqued your interest to become a doula? Uh... It was a mix of things. There was a documentary called The Business of Being Born, and I saw it when I was in college. I don't remember. I wish I remembered, like, who told me to see it or if it was a class, but I remember being in my apartment, the one on 6th Street, one afternoon watching this documentary and hysterically crying. Like, could not get a hold of myself. I And that never happens to me in movies. Like, I'm pretty – it's hard to get me like that. And – I was so touched by, like, I'd never, see, I'd never seen labor before. Most of us go our entire lives as women not knowing anything about what our bodies can do, not knowing anything about the process of giving birth. And, and for me, I was like, oh, like, I always had this kind of look at it, like, oh, this is a, sounds horrible, you know? And I just, I watched this, this footage of women laboring, and I was like, this is, women are, s I had just a newfound <laughs> respect for, for women and, and our wonderful kind of like magical bodies and in nature and this world it like blew my mind anyway that and then I was also like I think the other half of me was crying because I just was so horrified to to learn about kind of this country's evolution of how we've dealt with women um medically don't get me started but how the medical community and politics and all of that has played a role in controlling women's rights and bodies. And, um, you know, a, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. But I mean, we live in a not so long ago. If we ask our grandparents what it was like to give birth to our parents, I mean, some of them were put out. Twilight sleep. A lot of them don't remember. They weren't allowed to have their husbands or partners in the room. So it's like that is just it was mind blowing to learn of the like the abuse that was also taking place. Um, so I was kind of like equally like horrified and and torn to pieces and like so upset to learn about what was happening. Um, and then also just blown away and, you know, in just like had chills of, of joy and excitement actually for the first time about it. Um, anyway, so that, that opened my eyes. I remember calling my sisters being like, you did this? <laughs> you did this? I was like, they were like, what, re what's really, they didn't believe that I, that's why I was crying. Like they thought there was something else I was hiding. I was like, no, like, and they were like, oh yeah, yeah, we did this. Like I just couldn't, it was anyway, yeah. that documentary was like my first, like the door open into the birth world. Um, then I moved back here. I was acting, looking for something to focus my time on and keep me sane while <laughs> I was um, kind of going through the auditioning process, which can be draining. And I met a midwife at a birthday party with Jonathan, my boyfriend, and who was a friend of his and literally cornered her all night. I was like, <laughs> tell me everything about what you do. And she told me she started as a doula and told me really what a doula was. And so I took my training the next day. That's amazing. Oh, my Sorry. God. Long you know what you would love? Yeah. I was just in New York, I think in March maybe, and the MoMA had a whole exhibit of photographs on a huge oh, wall. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. And it was all women giving labor. Yes. So you, like, see children at different stages, like, exiting yeah. their mother's bodies, and you see, like, them pre, oh post, yes. during. And it's – I was so – fascinated because as you said it's not something that we see no, all the time never, we never. never see that and i was totally it's mesmerized. almost taboo for yeah. us to like know about it talk about it you know yeah. we all have sex ed and we learn like the birds and the beads but we don't we we do not like as women too like we don't really collectively get together like we should and talk about this 
incredible thing that it was on all day long and none <laughs> of day. us none of us are prepared like yeah. i if i got pregnant like, i wouldn't know what to do or and it's something that most of us are going to have to go through yeah and it's true like we don't really speak about the we don't we're not educated on like the the steps we're supposed to take or things to make sure that it, we're healthy like I, yeah. I have no idea and i think that's why um our cesarean rates got so high in this country um it's because we we've gone and gotten into these situations where we really don't know what's best for us um and we've started trusting and doctors obviously are an essential part of the process so i'm not saying that and like we're trusting doctors like they provide us with with safety and so much but um we get in these situations where we we don't know our options so if a doctor proposes something that might be best for the hospital or maybe his or her schedule um you know we we don't know how to to really decipher like what is an emergency and how to look at it as like what we we put all of our trust into somebody else and we haven't really learned how to use our own authority in something that's very personal what do you think has been the most satisfying thing about being a doula oh i mean absolutely it's like watching the mother and father like see their baby for the first time Mm -hmm. and i think also having clients tell me like just how um how much they loved having a doula i think that's obviously that's the most rewarding to me is when i have clients kind of like look me in the eye and be like thank you i I don't know if I could have done this without you. And I know they always could, but (laughs) it just feels really, it's super rewarding to know that my work is, is helping somebody else and making other people feel good. And even if it's not my clients, but when I meet people that are like, my doula was everything to me, like just that alone makes me so happy. I want a doula. You would. Everyone should have a doula. You should have a doula. I should totally have a doula. (laughs) I have the worst baby fever. It's really bad. You do? Yeah. It's about time. Yeah, you're <laughs> <old> biological. <laughs> 26, 27. I'm saying like that. 27. Yeah, it's time. It happens. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> we all get it. Um, but you, but you also have clients where you stay with them after the birth, right? Yeah. So is I mean is I it just tailored to what they want? What the so a, por- a postpartum doula is uh, a doula who primarily works in after after birth care. So you, like in the the weeks or months postpartum. Um, I've done a little postpartum doulaing. It's harder for my schedule. It just requires more days of the week. Um, and it's just a different skill set. It's more time with the baby, which is obviously heaven, um, and helping the, mo- the mother and family in whichever way they need. But they're, in my experience, completely different roles, um, but both focused on the same idea of supporting a, f- a, a mother and family in these has anyone been skeptical because you haven't been through pregnancy? It's a have good question. Yeah. Um, I have like in interviews, people ask me that. And, and I've al- actually thought about it myself. Like, and how can I tell someone what to do or how to feel or what's normal or what to expect when I've never experienced it myself? Um, but I do think that there is value in that. I'd never come in with my own experience or expectations or projections. I... I mean, just the way I kind of approach it is a mother's intuition always knows best. So even if I had six kids, it d- doesn't matter. You know, birth is not one birth is ever, 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 ever the same, ever. So it wouldn't matter. You know, like my experience is my experience and their experience is their experience. And birth is one of those things that is so specific to the experience that, yeah, to each birth and and very individual. So I kind of, I actually like that I don't have my own experience to kind of draw from. And instead I have an experience of watching many different births and different women. Um, and, I, you co- and you come at it at, at, at such a more like intellectual level, like a more research-based level, I yeah, feel and like. Yeah, I've done the training, you know, so yeah. it, my, my knowledge comes from, from a, yeah, a different angle. I mean, experience is obviously an amazing way to gain knowledge um i just i do think because birth no two births are the same i don't think it it's necessary and also traditionally interestingly enough like in our if you look back on history midwives and doulas they actually were usually the women who didn't have children um which is interesting and now there's obviously great doulas who do both but uh, my mentor Lori bregman who's fantastic she doesn't have any kids and um i think there's a lot of 
really great doulas out there who don't have kids of their own um, and draw from that same kind of wisdom of knowing that no no matter what they experience, it would never, um, it would never and should never inform what's going on with their client. So how does one become a doula? Like what's the training? What is the certi- cert- certification like? How does that work? Um, well, t- technically to be a doula, anyone can do it. No one's going to check your your badge at the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people learn through apprenticeship, mentorship, watching people. Um, I'm a rule follower and I also, I love a good class. So I'm big on formal training. I went to Beanie Birth in Burbank and was taught by this amazing woman named Anna Paula Markell. Uh, she trains most of the doulas in LA. She's fantastic. And so I did a intensive workshop with her. Um, and then I got certified through Dona International, and that's an agency that certifies doulas. Um, that certification process is essays, the training, um, taking a childbirth education class, um, taking a lactation class, uh, attending three births and getting evaluated by the doctors and the clients, which is actually one of those things where you like have to do it before you're cert- certified, so you have to find the births. Doing your first birth is like, the craziest thing ever because you're like I've never done this before I've never seen a birth before I need to see births and be a part of births and doula a birth to get certified um so who's gonna <laughs> who's gonna let me do that and I remember going up to um the the teacher after my training and was like okay can I go shadow like who who can I shadow how can I watch a birth like from and she's like what? you don't watch a birth go doula you took the class like go do it and then, you know, go get certified through that experience. So I, d- I did my first three births all on my own as a doula, um, not having, having seen any live birth before. Um, and then reported those to the certification and got certified through that process. That so is it's so cool. Not everyone gets certified. So that's also important to know. There is a lot of doulas out there who don't get certified. And they're, they're great. It doesn't necessarily mean you're less qualified. Um, it just means you don't, you know, pay a yearly fee to have something next to your name. But I, I like being certified. It kind of makes me feel more confident um, and that I, I like having Dona on my as like a resource for me. So how do you find mothers to bees? Like, how do you kind of pull out your clientele roster list? Yeah. So the first one, which is always that was for me. I was like, who's going to want me to do that? I've never done it before. <laughs> Um, I found, I li- this is so crazy. I met her in the elevator of my building, that one in Larchmont. <laughs> so that was where you meet some in the elevator. Um, I actually work as a doula at Loom. Have you guys heard of Loom? No. Is that just like a doula network? It's a, a community center started by this woman, Erica, who is another one of my many women crushes. Uh, she started this center for it's uh, I guess primarily focused towards fertility pregnancy uh, motherhood but also they do like sex classes and period classes you guys should check out the period class it's amazing she teaches it yes so cool but check out loom it's this is loom on instagram um but they they provide amazing resources for women they have acupuncturists there who's my acupuncturist um and just they they have get-togethers, meetings, events. They really just are, they bring the community together in the best way. Um, Very inclusive and just a wonderful group of women. Anyway, I am one of their doulas. So people will call Loom to look for doulas and support in other areas, and they refer me out. So I also underwent some training with Erica, who's another fantastic doula who doesn't have kids. That's such an interesting trend. That really is. I love that, though. Me, too. It kind of makes sense. Yeah, now that you say it, it makes way more sense to me. Yeah. I love that. Okay, now we're going to talk about seeing the moon. You just have so many facets to your life. There's just so much going on. Maddie's been waiting for this. (laughs) No, seeing the moon. Oh, never mind. Sorry, I thought you meant the movie. (laughs) No, no, no. Oh, oh, that's that's coming. That's coming. That's coming. There's coming. No, first year creation. Seeing the moon. Seeing the moon is Carson's skincare line. So talk to us a little bit about that. How did it come to fruition? I mean, as a consumer, it is 
uh, amazing. And I was telling you this, like I, when I try products, I'm just like, "Eh, okay, I don't know if it's going to like really work or how it's going to feel. When you put on this, it's a body scrub. When you put it on, it, your body feels like butter afterwards. Mm-hmm. I'm not I kidding. I'm not kidding. I was like, what? The? It's like it's like a baby's butt in your entire body. I need some. Oh, you need it. It's incredible. Okay, sorry. Talk about Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> your stamp of approval means a lot because I know you do a lot of testing of products. Um, yeah, so I started making body scrubs in my kitchen many years ago because – Growing up with my mom's environmentalist and worked for the NRDC and always was kind of like on the cutting edge of what was going on in with chemical exposure, pesticides, all of this. I was I was infiltrated with information at a young age, which I'm I'm really grateful for. Um, but I remember learning from her and her peers kind of what we were being exposed to in cosmetics far before people started talking about it. And so I would make a lot of my own products. Um, so I, would, I started making a body scrub at home, literally like out of stuff that was in my pantry. And then, of course, like Christmas would roll around and I would forget to buy my family gifts. And so I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to make everyone scrub. So it just was like that go-to gift, um, things I would give friends, make for myself. And then it became kind of like a cult family and friends item. My dad and my brother, who are like these very macho dudes, fell in love with the scrub. They're they love it so much. They are kind of my biggest fans. So I was like, if guys like this, you know, maybe some some more guys and girls will like it. Um, And it was really my little brother who pushed me to start selling it. He went and he tried it. He's like very entrepreneurial and kind of thinks bigger than I tend to. And he was like, well, you got to do this. And I think becoming a doula, I saw more and more as we were t- just talking about that um, we really don't have all the information and so many people don't know um, kind of the, the risks and the, what certain exposures to certain chemicals can do for you and your baby's health. So that was a big incentive for me to kind of start doing this. But I, I did I was mixing it in my kitchen and I kind of was like, okay, I'll try selling it. Went really well. And this past year I've spent re rebuilding the business, reformulating, doing it the right way. And it's here. So it's exciting. So where can one of our listeners buy this? On my website at candthemoon.com. It's the letter C, C for Carson. Um, and so it's online. It's also right now on sale at Burrow in Malibu, Santa My Monica. Favorite tchotchke which store. It's a great gift gift shop. I was so excited when they wanted to carry it. Um, where else? The Malibu Beach House down by Trancus, and also uh, One Gun Ranch at the Pier, which is by Malibu Farms. You should sell it at Pigment in San Diego. I know. Yeah. If you ever want to, if you ever want to expand to up. San Diego. Pigment is a really, it's like a burrow-esque type of store. Yeah, it's really cute. It's so cute. There's so many great, like, boutique and really beautifully curated stores. I love that it's all in Malibu, though, right now. Yeah, right now. It seems, like, so perfect for you. It is. I'm kind of, like, growing little by little. And and you can buy it online. But I do love, it's like a Malibu. You come to Malibu, it's part of the experience. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, you're a doula, you're an actress, you have the skincare line. Like, how are you balancing this all? Like, what it does one take priority over the other like what is going on with all those three (laughs) (laughs) they're so different um it is it's hard and sometimes I'm like what am I doing why am I doing this to myself but I love them and they all they all complement each other in one way or another um I really I know it sounds just like I guess I don't know cliche or silly but like they all fulfill me um it is a lot of work and when days I'm over- overwhelmed, I'm like, oh, what would it be like to just have one of these things <laughs> to focus on or do? And, you know, I think the nature of that, you do have to split it up. And I'm, I'm sure I, I know I neglect certain roles at times. Um, but I, I just, I think the more I can be open to relying on help from others. And that's what's so wonderful about starting a business is realizing that it takes a, it takes a village. It takes a community. Um and collaboration is so important and knowing when to ask for help. So that's that's a journey that I'm kind of 
taking part in and and entering is kind of like learning when to when to know my limitations do you have you ever asked your sister for any help oh my gosh yeah, yeah. both of them i mean my sister sarah started a rogue a caviar company called rogue caviar oh wait That's really cool. do you know rogue caviar i think i do you should check it out it's amazing yeah. so yummy and also just like really beautifully um designed boxes reusable which makes me very happy um her and her husband and and partners as well started it and it's just like a great gift they deliver it right away when you when you order online um check them out row so both my sisters are business owners and and founders uh but yeah they've both been amazing jen especially kind of like going into more of the retail side has just been so amazingly supportive and i'll call her at like all hours of the day and night and ask her you know questions that i didn't even think that i would had um and she's always they're both always there for me so i'm really lucky amazing yeah okay is it time to talk about what yeah, i want to say go. okay go girl go okay. girl okay okay so to all the listeners, as I mentioned on the first episode, <laughs> I am currently fixated on this movie called To All the Boys I've Loved Before. And I'm more so fixated on the main character, Noah Centineo. Now, as I was doing my like weekly stalking of him, I saw that he was in this other movie called SPF 18, which I know Miss Carson <laughs> is in. So I started screaming at the TV. I was like, I need to watch this. Oh, my God. I watched it last weekend. The first scene is Carson just making out with Noah Centineo <laughs> left and right. Like, I am floored. I'm just free. I'm like shivering in my seat. I'm like, what is happening? I wanted to text you so bad, but I was like, I'm going to wait for the podcast. This needs yes, to happen on the podcast. Perfect. Okay. So, tell us my everything. Question. This is my true claim to my, fame. My is question. Noah is this, wait. No, is it Centiano? It's, wait. Is it Cent- Centineo? Centineo. Centineo. Okay, Sorry, okay, okay. I, I was like, right. wait, am I saying No, you, it's um, going to be your last name, so you should know. <laughs> Centineo. No, so the question is, what is it like to kiss him? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you're nuts. <laughs> Let's see how this one goes down. Noah's very sweet. If that was such someone, a great way to ballpark around the question. He's a sweetheart. Um, but, I, I mean... Kissing someone in, on set, on yeah. set, on screen, it's never a real kiss. You know, they're like, do it again a little yeah. bit more with the oh. light on your face this way. So romantic. Um, <laughs> Wait, but he, is he nice? He's so sweet. And yeah. we had the best time. And there was such a great cast. We would, like, go camping on the weekends and hang out. So and it was, cute. It, that's what happens when, you, you know, you do a movie. You kind of become this little family and you get really tight. And I actually haven't seen him in so long or talked to him in a while. But you do, like, you my boyfriend knows the perfect time to make make noise. <laughs> I swear he has full. Sorry, I'm changing the subject. The other day, this like guy was like out, and he's like, "Oh, like I would love to photograph." You know, doing the whole thing. He's like this photographer, kind of, and he's like, "Can I uh, get your number? Like, can I?" And so my boyfriend calls right at that moment. Like he always knows no, when you're talking about so other boys. Crazy, like this guy. <laughs> fully hitting on me and he just called for no reason anyway he just did <laughs> it again hilarious. he does he has like we have he has this, like six cents he's like um anyway noah's adorable i love him he's a cutie yeah and yeah i'm sorry okay i'm okay. sorry i know you she want has no tea better. she has no tea for us oh no, well it's okay um it's still pretty cool I mean, he's doing great he's I killing mean, it i'm really stoked for him yeah i like yeah he's He's a catch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've slid into his DMs. Sometimes. Have you? And anything? <laughs> no. No. He, uh, I he, by the way, he doesn't even follow me. I'm like, no. Oh, okay. I, we've I saw that too. <laughs> we've kissed, okay? <laughs> we've kissed, okay? Okay? Yeah. Um, no, I slid into his DMs, like, just to be silly. And then I listened to a podcast, and he was like, uh, the, uh, the girl was like, oh, I'm sure you're getting so many DMs. Like, do you look at them? He's like, no way. And I was like, Okay, great. Aww. You're that girl. You're that girl, and he doesn't so check my But well, I'm that girl too. He doesn't. I mean, he doesn't yeah. follow me. So. <laughs> oh okay. my god, this was so this fun. This was so fun, Carson. It's you over are already. I know. It's so fun. I know. Oh, Tell everyone guys. know where they can find you. Oh yes. Plug yourself. Oh. You have all. Yeah, so many things. Yes, all the Instagrams. Okay. 
My personal Instagram is at CC Meyer. See in the Moon. Instagram is at See in the Moon. Uh, scrub can be bought at www.seeinthemoon.com. And if you're interested in learning more about my doula work, www.carsonmeyer, well, sorry, carson-meyer.com. <laughs> and we'll put all of that in the show notes okay. if anybody's interested. Awesome. And you can follow me at Scout Sobel. That's S-C-O-U-T-S-O-B-E-L. And you can follow OKSIS at OKSIS Podcast. Are we plugging ourselves every episode? Yeah. Oh, are. okay. <laughs> my, if you want to follow me in my psycho stories, <laughs> mine, mine is Maddie Mayo. I think cool. you sh- guys should know how to spell that by now. It's only the third episode. It's only the third episode. You're right. You're right. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you guys. guys. Love you. Bye, Bye sisters. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life tune in every thursday to i'm not your shrink wherever you listen to podcasts while i'm not your shrink i am still human and i'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together 